we come into the third full day of our retreat, the third full day of silence and sustained practice, I'm hoping you're beginning to feel a sense of settling into the retreat, of feeling a little bit more here, perhaps, than the night you arrived. And it's always, it's good to acknowledge that. It's good to notice those changes. You know, we are often so intent on focusing on what is wrong and what is imperfect and what is not going well, that we actually don't always take those moments to acknowledge, ah, a little more calm today. Ah, a little more brightness today. Ah, a little bit less struggle today. This process of settling and deepening, it's not always linear. It's good to know that. You might hear me say what I just said and think, oh, everybody but me. (laughs) It's not always linear, reliable in that sense. You can often feel in in the days of a retreat, you know, times of settling followed by a hindrance attack, you know, times of settling followed by a storm. But perhaps one of the things that really does begin to sink in and to begin to change is that we start to know it. We start to know it, invest a little bit less authority, a little bit less credibility into the storms. We begin just to see them and to know them with a greater sense of calm. Now, today, because we have the great blessing, I think, of not being in a great hurry on this retreat, so rather than a, you know, a four-day bus tour through the ways of establishing mindfulness, we, we have the, the chance to give a little bit more attention. Um, so today, mindfulness within the body will continue to be our focus. And you could be forgiven for thinking, you know, these folks are really obsessed with the body. <laughs> but we come from a long lineage of teachers obsessed with the body that goes right back to the Buddha. Um, and, you know, some of these obsessions, we might say, are, are rather useful. As the Buddha put it, everything that there is to be learned will be learned within the length of this body. So it's really, it's, it's two aspects, isn't there, to mindfulness, establishing mindfulness within the body. One aspect is learning actually just to inhabit the body, just to be within the body, to be present within the body. But the second aspect is what are we learning? What are we learning here? You know, what is the kind of wealth of understanding that is available to us through being established within the body? Because it's not just about being with the body. It's acknowledging that the most deepest, the deepest, the most transforming lessons of our lives are actually learned right here. And the skills, the skills we develop through being mindful within the body, are the skills that are transferred to every aspect of our life and certainly the skills of learning to be within the mind, within the heart. Now, of course, from the perspective of Buddhist psychology, and Akinchina spoke to this very much last night, we, we don't speak about mind and body. 
or heart and body. We speak about mind-body. So what are some of the lessons we're learning? We're learning something about intentionality, aren't we? We're learning something about sustaining intention. We see how much of our life can be lived in a kind of reflexive reaction mode rather than an intentional mode. So saying from a Western philosopher, saying, you know, we dance through life like puppets on the ends of the strings of our impulses. And this, of course, is really a description of, of a life governed by reactivity rather than intention. So every time we return to the body, every time we sustain within the body, we're learning something about sustaining intentionality. And this is a huge area in itself because we actually see in our life the most impulsive moments of our life are, of course, the most unconscious moments of our life. The most unconscious moments of our life are the moments we tend to struggle and suffer the most. And I encourage you to think about how that works in your life. So moving into this more intentional way of being and, and learning to sustain that, that this is really important because we can see in our practice, just in our life, of course we have many intentions. You know, most of us have the intention to go into our life, you know, being reasonably decent, considerate, kind people until, you know, until we meet that irritating person or, you know, that difficult situation or that slow driver in front of us or that slow-moving yogi in front of us. And, and then we just see how we move from intentionality, how that sabotage is actually our deepest aspirations and values. So we're learning to actually begin not only to establish this intentional engagement, but also to sustain it. We are learning something about equanimity. One of the deepest lessons, most highly valued qualities within this path. An equanimity not of indifference. It's not about not caring but the equanimity of being equally near all things, about being equally near to everything the body presents to us, the lovely, the unlovely, the easeful, the difficult. We learn not to be so governed by the approach avoidance mechanisms around pleasure and pain, but how to be steady. And then in being steady, in many ways we're no longer hostage to the conditions of the moment. We learn something, of course, deeply about impermanence. The body is a process. Isn't that interesting? The body is a process. It's not a thing. It's a verb. The body is a verb. It's a process. It is changing. It never stands still. Look inside for a moment. The process, or the many, many processes in the body, and actually much of this teaching is learning, of course, to align ourselves with the way things actually are in the midst of all process, rather than the ideas of how we think it should be, how we want it to be, but how things actually are. Mindfulness of breathing is a great pointer to this. 
you know, how often people have an idea about how they should be with the breath or how, you know, the breath should be. And then, you know, people, you know, get into very creative breathing, you know, pranayama in one nostril, out the other nostril, quite forgetting that it's not about having the breath stay, but about being with what is. So learning to actually align our attention with the processes of the body, endlessly changing, and the understanding of impermanence, of change, is sometimes sometimes said to be the most powerful of all understandings. Because the understanding of impermanence, the understanding of change, surely delivers to us a very singular message. Not cling. Don't halt. Not identify. Surely this is a message of, of, of change in all things. It has written on it. To cling is to actually almost volunteer for suffering. So we learn those lessons within the body, and they are lessons indeed for our life. It's a training, isn't it, in, in letting go. It's a training every time we come back to the body, every time we return to the body from our speculations, our ideas, our images, our our fantasies, our planning. Every time we're returning, we're returning from somewhere and sometimes from that seductive world of construction. It's a lesson in letting go. Sometimes it's a very powerful lesson in really distinguishing the difference between our story about what's happening and what is actually happening. And we have many, many lessons in life about this. Not long ago, last year, I was having a punch biopsy done on my arm. And, you know, the great wonder of Western medicine is you don't have to suffer through all these things anymore. You know, they give you a shot in your arm. You don't even feel it. Then I noticed the biggest sensation was this nurse squeezing my hand. I said, why are you squeezing my hand? You know, she says, oh, I'm I'm here to support you. I said, this doesn't hurt. You know, but you can have this kind of, you know, we have so many stories, don't we, about what's actually going on. And returning, finding the ease, finding the, the clarity in being what, what is rather than our story of the body. Think of the implications of this for our life. We begin to see so clearly the mind, the heart within the body. The, the, the body of sadness, the body of agitation, the body of depression, the body of ease, the body of aversion, the body of spaciousness. We begin to sense so clearly those, those emotional, those mental states embo- em, embedded within the body. And it becomes such a powerful way of learning to approach those states within the body so so simply, so directly, to actually have a, a felt sense of them, a curiosity about them, an investigation of them, rather than being lost in, in the waves. We begin with, to understand in the body that we can actually sever those, what seems to be automatic links between the pleasant and craving and the unpleasant and aversion we begin to see that we can begin to sever those links that seem so automatic that the unpleasant doesn't need to send us into 
uh, you know, the, the agitation of aversion, that the pleasant can be held and appreciated. And the simple we learn within the body, the simple appreciation of being alive, of being an embodied human being, of being, of breathing, of seeing, of listening. And it's so important to see that mindfulness of the body, within the body, includes mindfulness of the sense doors that Akinshino was speaking of last night. What does it mean for us to see wholeheartedly, to listen wholeheartedly, to taste wholeheartedly, to touch wholeheartedly, allowing the sense doors being a medium of deepening in appreciation, deepening in wakefulness, deepening in that sense of aliveness, rather than the sense doors being used as a vehicle to enact our mental states and dump our mental states upon the world. And this, this is a huge piece of learning. We often see you know, how the eyes and the ears particularly become such powerful messengers of mental states. You know, if I'm agitated, how my eyes and ears become so busy. You know, if I'm aversive, you know, how my eyes and my ears become so selective, you know, so loaded in, in how they see, how they hear. As learning to see that the sense doors too are really vehicles for deepening that sensitivity, that sense of that greater awareness and engagement with the thousands of sense impressions that come to us each day to be able to receive, to appreciate, and to release. As the sense impression goes, to release it. So that consideration, that reflection of what, what are we learning today? What do we learn through the medium, through the vehicle of the body? How does this deepen our understandings? How does it deepen our capacity to live wholeheartedly, to abide in some quietude and some stillness? All right, so let's practice.